Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back. Uh, I thought I'd follow up my thoughts on codependency with some thoughts on friendship today. So, friends, having friends is about having healthy attachment. It's about attachment. And um, friends can be so life-giving, supporting, and it can be um, uh, so healthy for us mentally and emotionally when we're surrounded by love and understanding and support. It feels really safe when we can lean on someone. And we really can't thrive without good friendships. Some research has shown that physically, we're much better off with friendships. In fact, when we have close friendships, it is a better indicator of longevity than even good diet and exercise. Isn't that interesting? So um, when we have loneliness, which loneliness is really just a sense of lack of connection, um, that's a predictor of um, a lower life expectancy. It's very good for your heart, your cardiovascular, uh, to have these connections. And so friendships can actually protect our heart. And one of the key reasons for that is when we have friendships, we actually cope with stress better. We can share our needs and we cope better. So we increase our resiliency, we increase our overall mental well-being when we have good friends who uh, love us, but also challenge and inspire us and reveal our shortcomings sometimes. But bad friendships can be really life-sucking, can be really dysfunctional and really painful and, and end up impoverishing us if we stay in them. So, you know, who hasn't been wounded in a friendship at some point? Uh, and the wounds happen because we grow to trust someone. And when we trust them, we open our heart at a certain level. And to that extent, they have access to our heart. And then if they betray us or, 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 or just don't meet, you know, the expectations we thought, we can feel so wounded. And we have to learn to remove ourselves, or at least distance ourselves, when we have, when we recognize that a friendship is unsupportive, when there's not the give and receive that that reciprocity, and they're making unreciprocated withdrawals, we have to learn, and we have to learn not to tolerate ever being mistreated, uh, being accused, or being sabotaged. We have to back away from that. When we have a, a loss or betrayal in a friendship, it's really important to process that and to grieve that and not get frozen in the pain of that. Otherwise, we don't want to trust again and we just overprotect our heart. And then we miss out on some really good friendships because we're afraid we're going to experience, you know, rejection and shame and abandonment and being talked about and being misunderstood and, and those sorts of things. So real deep friendships take years to develop, but we need them. And we're often not great at developing friendships. Uh, and part of the reason is that we've got to learn to own our own stuff that maybe gets in the way. For instance, we all have attachment styles. And our attachment style, the way we connect with others, can be too avoidant 
or it can be too anxious or it can be too chaotic. And these usually come in some way from things we've learned in childhood and we bring those patterns into our friendships. So if when I was a child, if my emotions were dismissed, I may have coped by avoiding and suppressing my emotions and that's gonna show up in the friendships. If my uh, family of origin was chaotic and I wasn't secure, I may try to anxiously attach to others and that's gonna get in the way of a really healthy friendship. So let me talk about just the different levels of friendship or different levels of attachment. One is just associates. So these are people maybe we know at work or maybe we know over a common bond. Maybe we go bird watching or something, uh, book club, similar activities. And these are kind of what's termed transactional friendships. There's some exchange, there's a level of interest, but it's not very deep. It could deepen, but it doesn't start out deep. And they have a purpose in, their, in our lives uh, at that surface level because it does provide a sociable small group but these are not the people we should be confiding in yet. It's wise to have boundaries at first and not be very vulnerable until we learn over time that someone can really be trusted and that they're capable of being trusted because not everyone is. Uh, also, not everyone is really willing to give the kind of support we might like. So over time, they may become uh, closer than associates, but it takes time and depth to create that. So a few times I've been in a similar interest group, say a ladies Bible study or something, and someone has wanted to get to know me better. And sometimes that's worked out well, and sometimes it just hasn't. And we don't need to feel false guilt over this. We're not gonna like everyone. Everyone's not gonna like us. We're not gonna be attracted to everyone at a deeper level. And we just can't be all things to all people, even though they may want that. So before we invite a friend to take tenancy in our life, and usually that sort of happens organically, but we need to know that we can trust. So let me just mention expectations here for a minute. <clears throat> we all have expectations and we can have some expectations that don't really match who they are or what they're willing to give. So we end up asking or maybe demanding something that they can't or won't give, or then we end up trying to change them into something that we want, and that becomes codependency. So it's easy to become disappointed when someone doesn't meet our expectations or isn't there for us. And in those cases, we just need to learn to forgive them, to bless them, but to move on and not keep spending time trying to make that work, trying to make them give us what they're not gonna give us. And um, sometimes people do that to us. They have unrealistic expectations of us. <clears throat> I'm an encourager and so sometimes people, um, because I give, can mistake that for a real friendship when they don't realize there's not really reciprocity and it's not equitable. Uh, this has happened a few times. I remember some years ago, a person just kind of ooched their way into my life, but they began to have these unrealistic expectations and just some inappropriate things began to happen. They started quoting me to other people and saying we were really close friends when we were not. And they were just really a too helpful person that had a lot of wounded 
uh, things that needed healing in their life. But I, I had to set boundaries. I couldn't let that bleed over into my life and my family's life. So I really had to create some distance. Another time I'm thinking, of, I had a friend and she had some expectations of me that were unrealistic in terms of my time and availability. And when I didn't meet those, she just hurled some bizarre accusations at me. And I had to say, all right, no more, no more contact. This, this is over. While forgiving and blessing the other. But we test those things out over time and see what we've, what we've really got. Sometimes we talk about being in the church, which is the family of God. And uh, we're to love one another and see one another with his eyes. That doesn't mean we're going to have deep friendships with everyone because not everyone in church is safe. Not everyone is healed yet. And so it's simply not wise to trust them. And it's right to protect ourselves from people where we discern um, that they are they're trying to pull from us things we shouldn't be giving. And there's just some people we should not invite in. So we use our discernment. And if we're a bit leery, then we pay attention to that and we don't give out vulnerable and valuable information about ourselves. People can turn and use that. They can try to control us or they can use that with others. All right, second, so associates is the first level. Second, uh, second level is mentor-mentee. This is a particular kind of uh, relationship and it's asymmetrical but it's very specific because the mentor is someone who has maybe more education or experience or wisdom, something to give the mentee, but there's an agreement there, a specific agreement. And there should be clear boundaries. For instance, maybe <clears throat> you've hired a coach. Well, that coaching appointment is say 50 minutes long and maybe you pay for it or maybe you don't, but there's a specific agreement and both parties can benefit from that, but you need to be clear about what you hope to achieve and uh, why you're meeting. The third level of friendship is collaborators. So these are friends that you may uh, share a real emotional connection with, but just at a specific time. So maybe this is your college roommate, someone you've gone off to college with. And so there's this, um, close proximity and emotional immediacy, and it can be very valuable for a while in that specific context. But it's healthy if you let it happen organically, let it change organically, and even sometimes end. Sometimes we can try to keep a friendship past its due date when really it's run its course, and that's all right. It's not that there's a problem in anyone's life, it's just that things change where we are. We've moved away. Um, sometimes you you walk with someone in their pain, their deepest pain, and then you find they're not that interested in continuing a friendship, which is puzzling and sometimes hurtful. But it may be healthy on their part to wanna to wanna move forward with healthier uh, friendships. And so it's better to just release your expectations, release any of that pain to the Lord and move forward and really spend time and energy with people in your closer circle because we don't have time and energy for everyone. 
So that brings us to the fourth level of friendship, which is the core level, which is the deepest level of friendship. These are people that share with you your core values. You're, these are trusted confidants. Uh, you get together, you laugh, you cry, you enjoy each other, and you trust each other. And you trust them with the good, the bad, and the ugly. They can see you're good, bad, and ugly, and they, they're not going anywhere. They're still gonna be loyal. They're still gonna stay. They're gonna stick around because they have real care for your heart. Uh, they see your core and they know how to keep your vulnerable information honored. You don't have to ask them to be there for you. They're going to be there for you. An example of that in scripture is Jonathan and David. They trusted each other. They would lay down their life for each other. Even in old age, David looked after Jonathan's grandson as a, as a token of honor toward his friend Jonathan. And with these deepest friendships, we have much fewer boundaries because there's just no topic that's off limits and you're both there when the support is needed. It's a little bit emotionally invasive um, because it's you're getting to know and be known and it takes real humility to have this deepest kind of friendship because you're saying, you know, you can come to me and tell me when you see something about me that's not okay. And I give you permission to use that surgeon's knife precisely and hopefully very kindly and very gently. If they're not kind, that's your indication they shouldn't be in that inner circle. Um, if they wanna come in and, and slice and dice and you don't need to deepen that friendship, you need to distance it. But we, we all need permission to be ourselves and to give others permission to be themselves. Proverbs 27, six says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so um, when we approach friendships, one of the things we have to be willing to do to is to really resolve differences, to approach the differences and to resolve those. And that will strengthen a friendship or it'll show you, yeah, this isn't gonna be resolved. So let's ask the Lord to make us good friends and to heal our hurts so we can be a friend to others and draw good friends in. I hope these thoughts have helped you and I'm about to leave now and actually go have coffee with a friend. So I'll see you next time.